Hello and welcome again to this second episode of the second run of the Veto Cast. Surprisingly, perhaps, we are back with another episode pretty soon after our recent episode that was published just a couple of weeks ago because there has been some developments in the Security Council and they have to do with pretty much exactly what we were talking about last time. So, uh, again, my name is uh, Daniel Chilian. I'm from the campaign Stop Legitimate Vetoes. And with me today again is Victor Sundman uh, of the the UN Association of Sweden. Welcome to the show, Victor. Thank you. Both happy and not so happy to be here. Exactly. It's one of those things that you don't want this campaign to exist, but it kind of has to while it is. You're currently in New York, is that right? Yes, I arrived yesterday, gonna do some meetings at UN Organs and look more into the UN's peace work this coming week. Sounds good. And uh, we're very glad that you could make some time for us as well. So basically, just a short introduction to what's been going on. There has been, there's been two V actually since uh, we last spoke in our uh, material they are coded as 43 and 44 but more formally they're coded within the UN system as s slash 2017 slash 962 and S slash 2017 slash 970, respectively. Both of these draft resolutions were vetoed by Russia, again, and they deal with the joint investigative mechanism that we spoke uh, about last time. And that is a mechanism to investigate potential uses of forbidden chemical weapons in Syria. Now, the mandate for the JIM actually ran out since our last episode, and the previous... Uh, veto that we talked about had to do with uh, whether or not the mandate should be renewed or not. And again, there has been two draft resolutions on the topic of renewing the uh, gym mandate, and both of those have been met by vetoes. So just uh, briefly, uh, could you uh, describe perhaps, Victor, uh, what is the difference really between the now uh, three different draft resolutions that we've seen on the topic of renewing the gym mandate? Yeah, and actually there are four draft resolutions that are relevant in this case. The first one is the resolution we talked about in the last episode that was vetoed, that was raised before the final report of the gym had been discussed in Security Council. And after that veto, we spoke a bit in that episode about two draft resolutions being circulated, one US draft and one Russia draft. Both were very far apart, Uh, and since our last discussion, both those drafts in revised editions were presented to the Security Council. Both changed the their respective suggestions for how long the gym should be further mandated to one year. The US had previously suggested two years and Russia had suggested six months. They both made some attempts to to compromise. The US one included its language that encouraged the gym to consult with the Syrian government and request access for visiting some of the sites where chemical weapons are believed to have been used, which they have not been able to, to work together with other UN bodies and focus more on attacks by non-state actors and so forth. And the Russia draft also made some uh, changes, also extended their situation from six months to 12 months, but also included some pretty harsh criticism against the working methods of the gym. And both these were raised in the Security Council, and the US resolution was vetoed by Russia, who criticized that the gym would work in pretty much the same way and that the resolution didn't adequately address the methodological concerns that Russia had, while the Russian draft, which was also introduced, did not receive enough votes to pass. I think there was four countries that voted for that resolution. 
That happened the day before the mandate of the gym ran out. So in a last-ditch effort to to save the gym, Japan introduced a technical rollover, which was a resolution that suggested that the gym would continue for another month with no changes in its mandate. And that was just to allow for more time for negotiations and to find a compromise that, that could extend the mandate for a longer time. But that was also vetoed by Russia. Exactly. And uh, we should probably add here that just like the UN, we in our campaign do not consider draft resolutions that would have failed even if there weren't any of the veto powers uh, voting no. We do not consider them vetoes. We we consider them failed draft resolutions. So that's not part of this. But there has been, as we said before, two proper vetoes, so to speak. And the Russian draft resolution d- it does not count as being veto uh, in this sense. You mentioned that Russia brings up the question of how the gym functions. And we spoke a bit about that before regarding whether or not the gym is a mechanism that actually works. The Russian Federation seems to be completely convinced that that's not the case. I believe that the the uh, ambassador to the Security Council from Russia actually uh, said that there were systemic flaws in the work of the gym. Is, is this a reasonable criticism now that they keep on bringing this up? Is, is there any reason to to that? Well, as I said in the last episode as well, I think the gym is functioning as well as one could expect it to be. Uh, it's very difficult to make perfect investigations and there are there are some shortcomings to be sure uh, that the gym has not been able to visit Kanshikun, the site for the attacks in April which gained a lot of attention internationally and the Sharat Air Base for example where where those attacks were believed to have originated from is something that Russia has criticism and and you can discuss like the possibility of having those remote investigations but in, in this case this is a case where I defer to the experts who are on the gym and who work with these issues and to to find evidence for for these kinds of things. I, in, in my view, the gym are professional. They are conducting a serious investigation where they look impartially on these events. And while Russia has criticized their conclusion that the Syrian government was behind the Khan Sheikhun attacks, I think that if, if the gym has reached that conclusion, I think it's been done in a very professional way. Seeing that there has been three vetoes in a very short time against the the renewal of the gym mandate. Would you say that that the gym is now dead or is there a future for for the mechanism? After the last veto, several of the council member members uh, raised the the importance of continuing negotiations and finding a solution to this. But seeing as the gym has been down for more than a week now, there does not seem to be any possibility of reaching a quick solution as even a technical rollover was deemed impossible by Russia. I don't think we can expect to see to see a re-establishment of the gym, uh, unfortunately. So I don't think we'll have a Security Council mechanism investigating these crimes. With that said, there are other ways for to trying to investigate these crimes. We have the uh, the Triple I M, the mechanism that the UN General Assembly assigned to investigate crimes in Syria, uh, which could potentially continue such an investigation. Also, look at the use of chemical weapons or. Some people have raised the possibility of the Secretary General establishing an investigative mechanism similar to the gym, but I don't think we'll have a Security Council mandated investigation. And you also mentioned, of course, last time that uh, there is uh, a potential risk of, of experts leaving the gym because of the insecurity of, of whether or not they will be able to do their jobs. And of course, now when this uh, the threat of, of 
a non-renewal in effect has uh, has actually surf- surfaced. Do you think that there will be an, an exodus of people with the competence to look into these uh, these issues? Well, I think some of them will stay within the OPCW organization or so, but I don't think we can expect to to keep all the the expertise that have been focused on Syria for the past two years uh, to keep looking into those issues. Uh, and what would you say in a broader sense now? Before the uh, the video that was that we talked about in the previous episode, there had actually been quite some time without any vetoes in the Security Council. But now that there has been a sudden sort of burst uh, of three vetoes, uh, what do you think this says about the work in the Security Council in general? Well, all all vetoes that have been put out during 2017 has concerned Syria, and I think all of them has concerned the use of chemical weapons. And it shows how contentious this issue is within the Security Council, just how deep the disagreements between the different camps in the P5 go. I'm afraid that this is a serious harm to the Council's work. Like the inability to cooperate in these worst of humanitarian crises in Syria, but also in Yemen and Myanmar and so where the Security Council has also been unable to act. It does put the legitimacy and the efficiency of the Security Council into question. It, it draws a lot of criticism from other bodies and from those who question the whether the, the the UN and the Security Council is up to task to maintain international peace and security in the 21st century. And I think that is valid criticism. I think that the acts of Security Council members in this situation, not least now when it comes to Syria and chemical weapons, it is incredibly problematic and it, and it seriously harms the, the UN and the Security Council as a body. In April, after the Kanshekun incident, where there was also a veto from Russia connected to accountability for chemical weapons use, the U.S. used unilateral military force. They sent missiles to the to the airbase believed to to be have the origin of the attack to try to send a message that this would not, even though the Security Council could not agree, this would not be something that passed by. And I'm afraid that we might see a similar development coming along. I think both the US and France have hinted at that they would be ready to use military force in case of further chemical weapons attacks in Syria now that the now that the regime is dead. And I think that is a great threat to stability in the world and to the rules based international order. And do you see that this would happen even in other in other circumstances than in the war in Syria, that this could spill over, this inability to, to work together? I, I think that it harms overall the the cooperation in the Security Council that I do. I think it might be more difficult to reach agreement on other issues as well. But I think the effects will primarily be noticed in Syria and in how the different actors address the Syrian conflict now, both going forward, both in the Security Council and, and in other forums. Thank you very much, Victor, uh, for again stepping in to uh, provide some expert uh, opinion on this. And thank you all for listening. You can find us on Facebook and on our webpage, stoplegitimatevetoes.org, if you want to know more. And of course, we will be back with a new episode if and when there is a new veto in the Security Council. Thank you and bye.